Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me. This is Andrew with the Martial Wisdom Podcast, and very excited to be here, so happy to be here. Um, very grateful for you all, uh, all of you followers of this podcast. Please continue to share this with other people, and let's grow the Marshall family. The more of us there are together, um, being a part of this creation process, the better. Because let me tell you, the episode ideas you guys have given me or inspired me to do have been absolutely amazing over the last, uh, you know, couple of months. And um, you guys are part of this process. You're just as important as me. I just talk about the topics and try to do some research and bring it up. You guys are part of the creative process. So please continue to be a part of that creative process. Share and invite other people into this um, family and we will continue these awesome discussions. So today's episode is a very interesting episode. It is on what I would call doomsdayism. I can't think of really another good, better word for it. Um, And how I will define doomsdayism is this, it's this idea of catastrophizing the future. You know, it happens to people on a personal level, like what if this happens and then this, this, and this, and then you start having these very negative, hopeless predictions for your future. But it But just as equally, if not more, it actually happens to societies or large groups of people and where it becomes this kind of mass sort of hysteria or this sort of, I would call it a spiritual movement, if you would. Um, And um, I recently got into this, you know, this came up, it was a great discussion I was having with a friend and what, how it got about was he shared with me this report on the UN's climate report for their prediction for the next 50 years and it's positively one of the most bleak looking reports things i've ever seen and i do believe it it uh i do believe it's got a lot of doomsdayism in it quite frankly um this will not be a political episode this is me talking about a topic and whether you agree with me or not that's fine but keep an open mind and have a and listen to the points I'm making on this and explore them yourselves. Quite frankly, if, if I say to somebody, I give them a point of view and I say, just look this up or research this yourself and see what I mean. And they don't do it. Then they were never open-minded to begin with. So they have no argument against me (laughs) or you or anybody. So always keep an open mind. Um, And we're going to do an episode later this week on that. So, let's talk this doomsdayism why is it so um for one why are human beings so prone to this well and i think a lot of it has to do with our mortality um we are not going to be on earth forever and we know that especially as things start having to us we start getting injured sick etc and i think collectively the entire world is very vulnerable to doomsdayism right now with what happened the last two years with the COVID-19 pandemic etc I mean this stuff is kind of the stuff outside of nightmares uh quite frankly it it could have been worse could have been far worse than it than it has been um uh, it's it's bad but it could have been far worse than it has been And, um, but it reminded us all of our mortality and our society. It showed our societies were not invincible. We were not invincible. 
And we saw how societal structures, government structures, healthcare structures just collapsed. And really, we were at the hands of fate. We were in the hands of another. And um, during those moments, it's very easy to be influenced by doomsdayism. And when you have supposed experts or organizations that seem intelligent saying certain things, they can kind of feed that hopelessness. So throughout history, you can find an unmeasurable amount of examples of this. People, human beings have been doing this since the beginning of time. And uh, we'll go over some of the examples today just to try to prove my point. But bottom line is, doomsdayism is a dangerous thought process. And we'll go into the reasons why. So first, um, I mean, we're living in a modern world and a lot of people are focused on finances. So I will argue to that appeal first. Number one is doomsdayism is extremely dangerous from a financial standpoint. Uh, in many cases, there are so many examples throughout history of individuals actually financially destroying their lives based upon doomsdayism based upon some future events or predictions that never even happened. Um, there's, there's an, uh, one of the, one of the dramatic ones I will say was in the 1600s, I believe it was, there was an individual, there was some prediction that there was going to be a, another, a great flood in an area in Germany and people were so worried about this. There was actually this, I think he was a, he was a noble and he was obviously somebody of wealth who created this like massively tiered and storied or three-storied arc to literally try to survive this event that never happened. Okay, so that's, that's an extreme example. But look at how often people uh, will spend thousands of their dollars buying this or that just to supposedly um, survive the future. And, and quite frankly, I've been guilty of this before myself. Um, and guess what? All that money, the money that I spent on some things for the future have not yet happened. Not to say they won't, but I'm making a point is that we have to think from a financial ass standpoint, let's all be honest this past, this past year, we've seen it big time. If you think that we don't, we don't have corruption in our government and the organizations that are powerful in this country and countries around the world, you are absolutely living in the clouds with all due respect, because this last year showed you blatant examples of corruption of these powerful individuals and organizations, which made a lot of money of people getting sick yet supposedly said they were losing money and then pulled money from or furloughed employees, laid off employees, this and that. They, they did all these things for their own financial gain. They weren't thinking about their, the common worker in their area. So you have to understand this in concept, context. There are organizations and supposed experts and institutions out there who are going to use whatever sort of doomsday or catastrophizing thought spirit processes 
to sell you their agendas and their merchandise. I don't think... I think if you look this up and you follow... Follow the money. That's all I have to say. Follow the money on certain subject matters where you can find it or certain movements in the past and you will see that there were people that were benefiting from the hysteria or the fear of others. Quite frankly, there's a lot of institutions and organizations which will sell fear. This is a proven fact. If you, I, I'm trying to unveil the curtain. If you haven't thought about this before, especially in a commercialized society like ours, just look at these businesses and some of their business practices and things like that. Businesses and organizations love to sell off a of fear because fear sometimes is the most powerful motivator. So you have to think to yourself, if ever you're given a doomsday scenario, you have to think to yourself first, like I did when I saw this report, hmm, with an open mind, think to yourself, is there an agenda behind this that's trying to be sold? So financially, it's dangerous. Number two, it's dangerous for your health, especially your mental health and your emotional well-being. If you're constantly thinking about the future and it's just bleak and hopeless and you're constantly worrying and scrounging for the future, you're in a constant state of, state of high cortisol, of high stress. It is going to wreak havoc on your mind and your body. Quite frankly, it is not healthy for you. Science has proven that. So we should not allow ourselves to be seduced into that pattern of thinking. Now, it's a constant battle, I understand that, because I still have issues with it to this day. But it's one that we need to start working on mastering and controlling the, to the best of our ability, or maybe not controlling, but dealing with, treating. So the next part, this is something that's often overlooked, but because this is a martial arts-focused podcast, we would be we would be doing a lack of service if I did not speak about your purpose. It robs you of your purpose and the joy you can have in life. If you're thinking in the future constantly and you're thinking of some doomsday scenario. Because quite frankly, the purpose you have is oftentimes right in front of you, unless, of course, you're somebody that's just living to make money or for their own selfish gains. <laughs> then, quite frankly, that's not a purpose. That may be your purpose in the moment, but in the end, that's not going to get you anything. I know that sounds harsh, but it really isn't. I've seen it happen time and time again. Your purpose expands beyond simply your own self-gain. Um, it's about taking care of those around you. And... It is so easy to focus so much upon the future that you forget your own purpose. The people around you that you have a, an ability to enrich their lives and, and um, you can take care of them, help them, be a part of their lives. They can help you. It, it's a symbiotic relationship.
But you forget about relationships when you're so worried about the future and making all these bizarre plans. You're not living in the present. And so much purpose happens in the present. I'm not saying never think to the future, never prepare for the future, but the vast majority of purpose happens in the present moment. It's right in front of you. It's right in front of us. So you're being robbed of these three general categories, basically. I'm sure there's, there's many other things we can argue, but we only have so much time on the podcast. So that's why it's dangerous. Number two, from a societal standpoint, it's ins- insanely dangerous because you can actually develop this mass hysteria, mass fear, which if people are utterly hopeless, this can make groups of people turn into just almost like rabid beasts and create civil unrest. Um, and a, a amazing example of it is what's going on in Haiti right now. If you guys don't know what's going on in Haiti right now, take a look at it. And there's an excellent Vice documentary that gives you a little glimpse of it in about 30 minutes. But Haiti, with their recent elections and everything, take a look at what it, a, a good example of what happens when people feel tremendously hopeless and they're, instead of having, putting some different perspective on things and saying there is hope let's work towards hope when the vast majority are fairly hopeless take a look at what's happening i mean there's open gang warfare on the streets all throughout the capital of haiti and it's absolute chaos i mean talk about making a situation a thousand times worse instead of working together and trying to find some measure of peace so um and I'm not in those circumstances, so I'm not um, I'm not trashing them at all. I my heart goes out to them, but I'm just giving you a, a perfect example of what happens from a societal standpoint if everybody's focused on being hopeless or on doomsday. Um, so very dangerous problem. And let's talk about things now from a. Um, Let's give you some examples of false predictions. So I've got a ton of examples. Just just look this up, guys, and there will be you'll be able to find a paper trail of so many examples of supposed um, predictions of the future. 1967, a dire famine forecast in 1975. Actually, there there was a book written that was a bestseller. I believe in in the United States, that was written about this. And there were supposed experts hyping this book, experts in their field, that they said the world population was growing too much and there was going to be a dire famine that was going to just wipe out so many millions of people. Well, you look at the time when in 1975, you look at the contrast, more, more mouths were fed because technology got better. Um, and by the way, me bringing up these examples, I'm not trying to criticize the people who did them. In fact, I'll try to keep their names out of it. I'm just showing this, I'm showing this recurring habit of human beings of doing this and why you guys, we'll talk about being intelligent about the future later. I'm not saying don't look to the future at all and don't have like your head in the clouds thinking that everything is going to be perfect all the time. Absolutely not. 
I'm one of one of my major pre, our precepts in our martial system is expect the unexpected. But that doesn't mean get into hopeless thinking or doomsday thinking like this. That's quite the opposite. So next one. Um, 1969 everyone will disappear in a cloud of blue steam by 1989 <laughs> i'm sorry 89 look this up look this up in 1970 there was going to be an ice age by the year 2000 i i mean literally look google these things word for word and look up some of the people behind these things a, a lot of these people are actual supposed experts and scientists in their field 1970, America subject to water rationing by 1974 and food rationing by 1980. A 1971, a new ice age is coming by 2020 or 2030. Well, I can tell you in 2020, if anything, we've gotten hotter, much hotter. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh... 1974, space satellites show a new, new ice age is coming fast. 1974, another ice age, question mark. Uh, 1974, ozone depletion, a great peril to life, data and graph. These, this is scientific stuff. These are from scientists. 1978, no end in sight to a 30-year cooling trend. We've experienced quite the opposite in recent history. 2000, children won't know what snow is. Literally, Google these things word for word. 2004, Britain will be Siberia by 2024. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'm having to laugh and be somewhat comical at our human state, okay? Because believe me, I've done this to some extent in the past. I've catastrophized and I've been so... I've thought something in my head and then quite the opposite has happened. Um, 2008. Climate genius. I'm not going to mention who, but you could probably think about this one. Predicts ice-free Arctic by 2013. We do know that the Arctic is, is melting, sadly. But... It didn't melt by 2013, I'll tell you that. Um, 2014, only 500 days before climate chaos. 1970, decaying pollution will kill all the fish. 1970, nitrogen buildup will make all land unusable. So... I mean, these are just some of the examples, but th there's a lot of them. Um, 1989, this is perfect, and I have to bring the UN into it just to make my point. The UN warns the entire nation nations wiped off the face of the earth by 2000 from global warming. I certainly understand that global warming is a problem, and it's dangerous, and it's something that should be taken seriously. But what I'm getting at is it doesn't help anybody to get into this entirely doomsday sort of thinking and create mass hysteria by trying to scare people, scare populations with this. 
And I'll be completely honest, there are a lot of individuals in the UN and organizations that they are tied to, especially ones lobbying with lots of money, who have a lot to gain from the UN scaring people and societies into believing that if something isn't done immediately, if you don't sell this and buy this product, or you don't do this and, and get this immediately, then guess what? Your children won't exist. Again, I... One of the precepts that I follow is respect for creator and creation. I have a profound respect for Earth. We're a part of it, the natural realm. And we should never take it for granted. And quite frankly, I'm appalled by the way people treat the Earth and the way that I had in the past, not even thinking about it. So we need to have it, develop a better respect for creation and live in harmony with it, as in more so as indigenous people have and continue to do to this day. We absolutely all need to do that. But here's my issue is everybody needs to start doing that. These politicians and these individuals at the UN and other places that continue to make these, to try to scare people and push these agendas on people, are they living by those standards? No, they're not. They have their multi-million dollar mansions. They have their many million dollars of gas-guzzling toys. They are creating, some of these people are creating carbon imprints on the earth beyond, beyond that of a hundred normal human beings. So when they make all this holier, these holier-than-now claims, that's stupid. And then when people, and it's very hypocritical, and, and that's kind of what I'm tired of is the hypocrisy. When people make these comments and things like that, and then it's like, well, then why don't you sell your gas guzzler and um, stop commuting to work, like, however far, and, and putting out tons of carbon emissions? Why don't you make the actual light, personal life choices to do your part? And then funny how when you make that argument, people completely ignore you. Or they don't want to hear any more of it, because that that comes down to responsibility. So bottom line is, we're all responsible, but we're responsible on our own personal levels. We need to be responsible on our own personal levels. So don't look at other people... Focus on your own changes that you can make to live in harmony with the natural realm around you. Believe me, I'm, I'm one of the biggest proponents of living in harmony with nature and not using toxic chemicals. Because that's unethical. That is immoral. It's immoral to be poisoning the earth around you. That's part of you. That's part of creation. So anybody who might have listened to this podcast and had false impressions about me in the beginning or thinking that I was somebody who was against nature, quite frankly, you start talking to me, then you could perceive me as some sort of naturalistic hippie. <laughs> I mean, if we're using all these critiques and words to describe people, but you got to live in harmony with nature. Like, and that's something that's a big proponent of mine. 
So I kind of went off on a tangent, but I'm getting back to my point is that living with a doomsday-like thought of the future is not going to help you in any way, shape, or form or your society. You should be obviously responsible and you should be planning for the future, but you should not be just jumping on hysterical bandwagons out of fear. So I already spoke somewhat of agendas. I mean, follow the money trails, guys. Um, take a look at, I, yes, I, I totally am a, a proponent for a greener planet. It's such a strange term to me, but, um, but you know what I mean? Like a more ecological relationship between humans and the planet, but follow the money trail on the supposed millions and billions of dollars that have been invested in things like this. And then look at how the people who are proponents of this are living themselves flying from one place to another on their jet private jet planes many times a year when you have an internet platform you could just simply start messaging people and spreading word very easily like it's like that's a greener way right there but i mean take a look at it the level of agenda the agendas the corruption is just blatant across the board so you need to anytime there's a doomsday scenario yeah you can read it but Take it as a grain of salt and think about the agendas that are behind it as well. I mean, take what it take from it what you can learn to prep you for the future, but at the same time, know that they're trying to sell their own agenda. Somebody is. Um, so, from a Marshall standpoint, I'll give you guys the perfect example. So let's say you're going into a scenario. I'll give you even a sport example. Let's say you're going into a fight, whether you're an MMA fighter, maybe you're fighting in a, you're a kickboxer, you're a wrestler, you're a BJJ guy, whatever it may be. And you're going in, so you're going into a sport fight, a sport contest where it's man versus man or woman versus woman, whatever. And um, you guys are going at it. Does it serve you in any way, shape or form? To go into that contest thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, this person's going to destroy me. Like they're much stronger than me. They're much faster than me. This and that. They're just, they're just going to destroy me. Like no matter what I do, they're just going to destroy me. Does that help at all? No. It doesn't. Now what might be a helpful approach to that? This person, they're obviously athletic, they're strong, they're fast, they may be a little bit more than me. So guess what? I've got a game plan to deal with that. And I'm going to work on that game plan. Or I'm going to get sparring partners, training partners who fight similar to them so that I'm prepared for it. So that if they're coming at me with this, sure, I can, I can manipulate it. I can manipulate that energy. I can deal with it. And, I'm, and you prepare for the moment in a healthy way. You're not thinking by from a doomsday standpoint. You're not letting that the fear the other person's evoking create an agenda in you. Because that's what they want. I can tell you right now, if, if somebody was facing me, I would capitalize on any fear they had in me. If I was in a self-defense situation, I would capitalize on any fear they had in me. Because guess what? You could psych them out before anything even happened. You might even get them to walk away before anything even happened. You might have beat them before any punch, kick, or you put your hands on them, whatever it may be. 
So just understand that you're dealing with a world that in some respects, it's very similar to that dichotomy you get when you're dealing with an opponent. You want to prepare yourself to your, the best of your ability, but you need to live in the present moment. You can't get hysterical. You can't let fear consume you. And you want to improve on bettering yourself, not only as a martial artist, but also as a human being. And you cannot do that effectively if you're constantly living in fear and you're letting fear dictate all your choices. So bottom line, guys, is we have had a very rough year and a half, two years with COVID and everything. And just a lot of our, a lot of the things we took for granted and the way our societies functioned have changed because of it. It's produced a lot of fear in people and we are vulnerable right now to companies, organizations, people trying to scare us or get us into a doomsday way of thinking. And they're going to try to sell their agendas, this and that. And you need to be aware of that. You need to be aware that that could happen. Um, in, in no way am I saying that I'm not worried about climate change and how badly humans in general are treating the earth. I absolutely am. And what I would say to you and what I would challenge you as well as myself, and I've been working on this, you know, slowly at the capacity that I can, I can promise you that. As a matter of fact, if you hear things in the background, um, people are putting solar on my house. I'm trying to convert over to greener, um, greener or more ecological means of living on this earth. And so I encourage you to personally do that. If you, if you have the means, sell whatever you have it's a, if it's a gas guzzler and get something that's more economical. If you have the means, um, you know, get solar, things like that. I, I understand that some people are not going to always have the means, what, depending on their circumstances, but do what little bits you can to try to make some positive change. And, and don't think also doomsday from the standpoint of, oh, it's so bad that, because that's kind of, to be honest, their report itself sort of gave that vibe off too, to where it was so bad. It's like, then why bother changing? I know some people will think that. But it's like, no, this is a matter of respect for creator and creation. Bottom line is at the end of our, when we meet our creator at the end of our lives, whatever you believe he, she, them to be, whatever, you're going to be faced with this reality of, did you try? You know, did you try to treat creator, creation with respect, your fellow man, nature around you? Did you try? And if you did the best you could, then, then you did the best you could. There, there's that. There's honor in that. If you just blatantly ignored everything and did your own thing, then that's a problem. That's that's dishonor. You have dishonored yourself. A lot of people might not understand that term, but that that's that's a fate worse than anything. <laughs> 
in my opinion. You're dishonored. You are dishonored. And um, so just do the best you can. Like, yeah, the climate, the climate change does concern me. And we need to live in respect with nature that is a part of us. Don't see any separation about it. So make your personal changes within yourself and your family to start, you start living by respect. Doesn't matter what other people are doing, you start living with respect. Otherwise, you're a hypocrite. So let's not be hypocrites. Let's do this together. Let's do this together as a Marshall family. That's my challenge to my Marshall family. I'm trying to do my part. You try to do yours. But there's there's people out there. They're going to be they're going to be trying to con you till the day you die. And even if they're not thinking about it, even if they are genuinely concerned about something, they still are trying to sell their agenda or their product to you. They want you on board that bandwagon. Now, I'm not saying don't hear things and don't keep an open mind, but I am saying comb through them. Look behind them. Think about the purpose of them. Think about the facts, okay? And let's all... Let's all live with some hope. Let's live in the present moment. We can plan for the future. That's fine. But let's live with some hope and do what's best. So I love you all. Continue to send in your awesome ideas. You all are amazing. Have a great day. Have a hopeful day.